you are now about to witness the awesome crushing a might of Eugene S. Robinson show and the kid is sleeping so we'll just say Welcome, my friends, to a show that seemingly, apparently, maybe sort of, kind of never ends. This is version a one, a five, a seven. My audio engineer of the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stomper. I am your host, Eugene S. Robinson. We're going to do some little Frank Sinatra today. Send me the clowns. Don't worry, they're here. But first, sing us in as he has since 2007. 2007, Bob Riley from Stigmata. There you go. Calling of the Just. The song is called Intro All of Nothing our music, intro music since 2007. If you want to buy the whole CD, ask me about it. I'll sell it to you. I mean, the guys in Huntington Beach had their chance. Huntington Beach where they shoot your death in a nightclub and hit your car with a hammer. But listen to Bob first. Listen, listen well. I'm taking a real good look at you. I'm taking a real good look at your face. So be paid back in full. Always nothing. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right. So a um, this day has been, I had a friend who used to use the word scalumpus which means the topsy-turvy or upside down. That's what this day has been. I'll, I'll clue you into what I mean by that in a second. I want to get the commercials out of the way. Uh, Pinko95014 at uh, yahoo.com. If you want to go to uh, Patreon and Patreon us some cash, fully welcome to do that. The nice bright ring light that I now have instead of the soft, I spent $16 on the soft box. Johnny G came through, bought the ring light. For God, a kid just woke up. That's my the sound of my uh, uh, voice woke her up. Uh, Johnny G came through and bought us a nice newer ring light. Uh, I, we were using it for kids' photos the other day. That's why, yeah, see, I can make my my hue a little bit more human. Ah, how you like that? Uh, and um, so uh, it's you guys who make the show more professional. We got Georgie B gave the 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 lavalier. So a. Uh, so we're in business. If you want to do Cash App or, or Venmo, we do that too. We do it like Tommy LB does. Just send, you know, the old-fashioned way. 
Um, or you could just not send anything and just listen. Up to you, scab. But um, <laughs> but but uh, uh, enjoy it in any case. So the commercials are out of the way. Um, you should you should subscribe. There there will be passing mentions of what happened to me this past week. If you do not subscribe to the newsletter, which is Eugene S. Robinson uh, 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 dot Substack dot com, you will not know what I'm talking about. Um, but, uh, the Rolling Stones doctor almost killed me this week. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, <laughs> I don't know how they did such a good job of keeping Keith Richards alive and such a bad job on me, but, uh, it, it's a, a harrowing tale in this week's newsletter. You might read it. You might enjoy it. Uh, I'm trying to give you as much of a trigger warning as I can. Um, you know, if perforated colons creep you out, don't read it. But, uh, you know, otherwise it, it, it is there. And I just posted it before the show. Also, the day has been topsy-turvy because usually the day starts. My day is framed by nine o'clock in the morning. The kid wakes up at about 6.15, hang out with the kid until the wife wakes up around nine. Um, then I go train uh, and uh, and then, uh, oh no, uh, wait till she wakes up at nine. Then we do, we record Care Don't Care, the Care Don't Care preview. Um, and then I will train, then she goes, then the wife goes and trains, then we come back and, um, uh, yeah, exactly. And then, and then I come back and I get the show ready and that, well, this didn't happen today. For some reason, John Nash, who came in first for the week, but coming in first on this, on this, on this passel of fights from this past weekend. It is like saying that it's you know you know what it's like you know what the, the Spanish Special Olympic team what happened to the Spanish uh, Olympic uh, Special Olympic team they lost all of their medals and were li- secured a lifetime ban this maybe was a decade ago maybe two decades ago my sense of time is is faulty what well, what happened there Eugene well what happened is they discovered that the Spanish Special Olympics team was not special at all. They were able-bodied and somehow thought that they would fake their way to gold. I mean, how does that even work? How does that even work? People come to your house and they see gold medals. Where'd you get that for? I just, yeah, you know, 20, 50-yard dash. I got that for 50-yard dash. Really? If, where? The Olympics. I don't remember you. That's a special Olympics. You're not special. My mother thinks I'm special. Not that kind of special. So John coming in first this past weekend was absolutely pointless. And we're going to address the whole uh, uh, Brunson and Holland thing, but it has put me, it is this and the kind of week I've had have put me in, in crank kettle, not fine fettle, crank kettle, cranky fettle. I'm irked. I'm irked. And it's, 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 it's nobody's fault. I had three, I had three cares, which dropped down to two cares and I blanked on both of those cares. How do you like that? 0.0. Mr. Blutarski, your grade point average, 0.0. I was talking to Lisa Randall once, the world-renowned um, physicist, who I was getting the distinct sense liked me. And it was making me a little nervous at the age of 15. And I said, I know what will impress the would-be uh, a world-famous, uh, world-renowned physicist. And uh, she turned, we were talking, and she turned around. And then when she turned back, much like 
Blutarski, played by John Belushi in Animal House, when she turned around, I had I had stuck pencils up my nose. And she just looked at me like, and that was that. That was probably the last conversation I had with Lisa Randall. And I really liked her. And I thought she was hot too, but I just couldn't handle that intensity in 1977. Coked up chicks at Studio 54. Yes, I could deal with that. But, you know, a super genius staring, bore, her eyes boring into me as she talked about something that was fairly heavy. Ah, I, could, I had to break the moment somehow. So pencils up the nose. You got it. Oh, my ears itching. So. Um, so we, uh, we we need to talk about the, we need to talk about what happened this past weekend. I, I will I will make you know uh, 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 periodic references to uh, to the Substack uh, uh, article about how the Rolling Stones doctor almost killed me, but I'm not going to make the whole show about that. In, in actual fact, I, I need to say right now that Kasha advised me against writing writing the piece. She said, you do not write this piece. I do not think it's a good idea for you to write this piece. But if you know, I, I often go back to Lord Dunsany for these moments. And he wrote this great book called God's Men and Ghost. And in the book, God's Men and Ghost, he has this thing, this story called the, the Three Sailors Gambit. Now, the Three Sailors Gambit, these sailors, um, you know, they pull in the ports, they go to taverns, pubs, and they'll play chess for drinks. That's how they like to play. Uh, and they're pretty uncouth. They're, they're fairly uncouth individuals. And at one point, they pull into this tavern where the storyteller, who the storyteller who tells the story, watches them play. And he said they, they bow their heads together before each move, and then they make a move. But they're making moves that the the, the, the local chess champion can't even begin to figure out. And so they, so I, I'm gonna, I gotta figure it out. I gotta, I gotta, I, I'm gonna buy him drinks. So he he, keeps, he buys him drinks and eventually gets him drunk enough where they talk about. Well, as a sailor, this is back in the 1800s, sailed all over the world. You know, they, they go to strange, far, far, far off places. And at one point they met somebody who, who, um, who gave them a crystal about the size of a fist. And, um, you know, and in, the, in, in it, you could see a chessboard and it would show you the moves on the chessboard. All right. And, um, they signed away stuff that they didn't think was very important. They didn't think they were going to need. They thought the guy was nutty. They signed away their souls. Take a guess. I mean, it was probably sales sales department of old Nick Enterprises, right? So, um, so they sell their souls, but they play three together because they're convinced that if they're going to go to hell after they die, they don't want to be alone when they go to hell. So they all want to go to hell together. So they 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 bow their heads over the crystal. And the guy said, well, you know, um, do you always follow what the crystal says? He goes, well, after a certain point, we were just crushing so many people. We started getting confused with the crystal and our own talents. We started to actually believe that, 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 that it was us who was winning, not the crystal. And he goes, well, what happened then? He goes, well, what happened then is, is that we would de- moves deviate from what's in the crystal. And then what would happen? He goes, and everything in the crystal would get dark and stormy and absolutely terrifying. So then we just said, okay, forget it. We'll just do what the crystal says. So that's, that's, that's how we ended up. That's how we ended up with, you know, I got to do what the crystal says. <laughs> I gotta, I'm looking in the thing. Don't want to go to hell. I want to go to hell alone. So, so, so there you have it. But last night, last night's fights, 
I had, like I said, I had three cares. I had three cares on the card, which dropped to two. And we could just go back. Yeah. And everybody was like, oh, you know, a few of you were texting me about people to watch. Uh, you know, there were a couple of knockouts. Tui Tuvasa got a knockout. And they were got, and like I've said, I said it before and I'll say it again. I don't care how good the appetizers are. If the, if, if the main meal, I, I knew a guy who worked in a restaurant and said, never get swordfish. Never get swordfish when you eat out or never get it anywhere. He goes, why? He goes, I worked in the kitchen and watched the chef with a pair of pliers pull the parasites out of swordfish meat. Do not do it. If I get that swordfish meat and it's full of parasites, I'm, I'm kind of angry. I go to the store and ask for toilet paper and they give me sandpaper. I'm kind of angry. But this Brunson-Holland fight, uh, and keep in mind what's unusual is I've had the whole day to think about this. Usually at nine o'clock in the morning, we're doing Care, Don't Care. And now I'd be doing the show. But why we just finished Care, Don't Care, which you should be able to hear Monday at noon tomorrow. <laughs> it's a baby on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's watching me. She can now do, do uh, you know, do, do a push-up um, on all fours. And she's looking at me. Yeah. I see you. Um, so. Okay, so we're just going to go, you know, there, there might have been moments on the card, but, but we're just going to start, start at the top. And, and, you know, Steph tried to kick the show off, care, don't care, with a little, you know, good-natured bondage about how John won a band. And I said, nah, you know, okay, yeah, whatever he won. Like saying that you won here it was, is fairly horrible, but I can't, you know, if, we, if we're going to make the corollary between MMA and drugs, this was one where I find the dealer and I go, look, I know it wasn't your fault. I know you probably didn't know it was baking soda, but you got you got to make right on this. You got to you got you got to cover me on this. Like I, you know, um, there's showboating and grandstanding. Remember, we we have made we have made the distinction. One is okay. One is okay. And I don't remember how we broke it down. I think grandstanding is the kind of crap that you do post facto when you've won, right? Because you're on the stand. So you're grandstanding, okay? Um, showboating is the kind of stuff that you do when you're on your way to win, but before you've secured the win. Showboating is disgusting when it doesn't pan out. Grandstanding is always a safer bet. Because you're on the grandstand because you won. Better to be a grandstander than a showboater. Not a showboater, not a so a uh, and, and 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 so Holland, who was my pick, but I would feel this way even if he wasn't my pick for the evening. Holland shows up, and he's got shtick, and he says, "You you know, it might look like it it, it might look like shtick to you, but this is who I am." You got to understand, there's no difference between shtick and it being who you are. You know, Rodney Dangerfield could be, you know, I don't get no respect. He could really be that guy. It doesn't change the fact that that's become his shtick, right? Or, or, or was it uh, uh, Schreiber? How are you? No, that's Bobby Bittman. That's how are you? But that was based on Schreiber, who was uh, Artie Schreiber, I think, was one of my favorite comedians, you know. Um, so, a, uh, okay. And keep in mind, somebody tried to tried to say, well, you know, he's like trying to make a comparison point. The difference is 
The difference is, this is the this is the thing that kills me. The difference is Holland could have won that fight. He, he at what what point where he had Brunson on on, on on Linguini legs second round? He it was like it was like what was it? It was like two minutes two minutes left to the fight. That's it. It's okay. I like the confidence. I like the confidence. But Brunson said, and keep in mind, I'm going to apportion the guilt on this because nobody won this fight. Nobody. Nobody. YouTube is just going to fuck me over as hard as they can. Get the likes up. How the hell can I get the likes up when I got this janky thing? I need another, I need, I need another hoster. I got to, you know, on the one hand, Creator Studio makes it easy to go live. On the other hand, I got I got technical problems that that are a drag, and I went on so good yeah I know I went on somebody else's show some cats out of new out of New Mexico and oh there's their client was so their client was so beautiful and so wonderful and just such a nice treat over this creator studio for YouTube I don't I, I just I, I gotta I got maybe. Maybe I should call Ms. Ms. Tech. Yeah, we should get, come up with some solution for this because this is this is absolute total misery. Anyway, I stopped talking during that two minute we were down. You didn't miss anything. So uh, the way I apportion the guilt of the responsibility for the fight, I'm going to give five percent to, to Brunson. Ninety five percent in ninety five percent go goes to goes to Holland for showboating. Grandstanding is fine. Showboating, not fine. And, and what makes it even more horrible is that victory was was within his grasp, and he decided to to not. Now you know you got. It's a bad day when you got the boss who's saying that he you think he thinks you've lost your mind. You're in that Uriah Hall territory when you've caused people to have Sean Shelby, also known as Keith. You've caused people to have a, a crisis of confidence. They can't drive that car, that car, car called Kevin Holland. They can't drive that car in the desert with any reasonable hope that they're going to be able to get back from that desert. You know, do you do you realize you ever you ever you ever think you ever think about the world around you and how completely incapable we are of actually making sense of it? Right now, some of you will laugh at what I'm about to say because. <laughs> Because you're just built differently, and and this is not a mystery to you. But if the people who made sure your stoplights worked disappeared, you'd be screwed. Yeah, you know, you pull up to the red and you'd stop. You know, these things are suggestions; they're not rules. The point is, you can't program a stoplight, and yet, the, the, I, beyond your kith and kin, beyond your abilities, is like eighty percent of the stuff in your eighty percent of the stuff in your house you can't make sense of. If your dishwasher breaks, you're ass out. You can't fix that. What, what, what in your house can you fix? What can, what, what can, what can you, can you, what, you know, and, uh, you know, Kevin Holland has got the it factor 100% guaranteed. But part of that it factor is being able to deliver on that it factor. It's much better when you get the, when the legend legend is real looking than when it's forward looking there there's a there there was a there's a lot of pressure on you when when it's forward looking 
Remember, like, you know, when eh, Rich, oh, who's Rich Franklin fighting? Ah, Rich Franklin, I don't know, some guy, you know, some kickboxer guy named Anderson Silva. Ah, yeah. By the time Anderson Silva pulled that stunt against Forrest Griffin, you know, the legend had started to build. When the legend got too heavy, like he said, when he was acting the fool during the Chris Weidman fight, he was like, hey, you know what? That's a heavy crown to carry. Your neck gets weak. Your neck gets weak when you try to carry it. Holland said something, and he's, you know, he's addressing the criticism in an interesting way. There's a loud voice, which is a misdirect. The loud voice is, 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 yeah, well, if you people can't handle, you know, I'm a talker. That's just my, my thing. And well, nobody's talking about that, bro. That's, that's why we came to watch you fight. But he's addressing that, hoping that we're talking about the garbage can fire versus the forest fire. And the forest fire is something that he talked about in the quiet voice. If you, keep, if you were reading or paying attention to what he was talking about, then you heard him talk about the forest fire, which is like, okay, I fought five times, whatever it is, five or six times in the last 11 months. Let's keep this train going. But then he went on and he said, maybe my head wasn't in the right space. You know, I felt strange going into, he identified his head and he did it in a quiet voice, so it's easy of all the tweeting and the twitting and the people back and forth and the zipping. It's easy to not pay attention to that. But you got to pay attention to that when a guy who shows up and could have put this cat away second round refuses to do so. You know, it's like, it's like the Key and Peele skit where you're like, you know, does he realize this is just a, this is just a, a, a game, you know? Is he actually crazy? Because, you know, that's not fair to him or to me. <laughs> I mean, you know, um, dude, you've been running that guy out there. You've been running him and a lot of other fighters out there like mules, which is fine. Shamzat, Hamza, Zamza, Dot, the, the cat, um, was like, I want to fight, I want to fight. You know what? There's like the old joke that the that Sean Penn and 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 uh, Robert Duvall shared at the beginning. And I was frozen again for a second. I said I said it's like the joke that Robert Duvall and Sean Penn you know share at the beginning of Colors, where these two bo- a young bull and an old bull are there, and, and the young bull says, "Hey, let's run down that valley and fuck all those cows," and the old bull says, "I got a better idea. Why don't we walk down there and fuck all the cows?" And they all laugh before they go on. That, that movie is a complete piece of shit, but whatever. Five, five. These, of course, these guys, you give him a chance. He's 28 years old. Of course, he's going to want to fight six times, seven times. I'll bring them all on uh, like uh, Tony Montana says, I fucking kill them all. <laughs> kill them all. Five times. You know, there's a reason they invented fake pro wrestling. You know why? And do you ever think there's a connection between fake pro wrestling and with a word they used to describe fake pro wrestling back when they started to do fake pro wrestling by calling it a work? It's work. It's a work. You know why? Let me tell you why. Because you can't fight every day for real. You can't. 
But these guys had to fight. And we're talking back in the 50s and the 40s. They had to fight every day to continue eating. So that's where it started. It wasn't so much, I mean, nobody who knew anything about life was really betting on professional wrestling. But it used to be legit. But you just can't. You just can't. These young guys might want to go out there and fight all the time. You can't have them do it. The guy's saying right to your face that he's having head problems. But you keep in mind the two-step that always serves the bald one best. The two-step that serves the bald one best is when he has those cats over the barrel. Like Lloyd Price, Price told Lloyd Price, the famous singer, told Don King once. Fighters come and go. You remain. You remain. I use part of that. The, the, I use part of that concept in the uh, in the song "Eki Homo" on the Oxbow record, uh, "Thin Black Duke." There's a line there about there's one who remains. So Kevin Holland, they rushes and he's. And, and what I liked about it, at first I didn't like it, but as, I, as the fight wore on, what I liked about it was, was Derek Brunson's absolute refusal to play. Frozen again. Yeah, yeah, I'm back. Okay. His absolute refusal to play. Not going to play. Hey, bro, trying to... No, nah, no. Nah. You know what? I'm at the office. It reminds me of my freshman year at Stanford. I had to come... You know, I had such a great time in high school. I thought, you know, Stanford's going to be the same way. You know, I came. Uh, Julius Moravchik was uh, my philosophy professor freshman year. I'm sitting in this big auditorium, you know. I'm like, ah, oh, shit, there's, there's, there's Rosenthal, my, my, my roommate, sitting a few seats away from me. Rosenthal, who's now uh, a, a philosophy professor, I think he, Spinoza, up in, in Toronto. I was like, yeah, look at him sitting there paying attention. Sucker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, New York City High School in the 70s, man. It was a good high school, but, you know. So I got to, like, take my pen apart and I take a little piece of paper off and get it in my mouth and get it wet. And <laughs> now, you know, Rosenthal, you know, was not a working class guy, but, you know, his parents were having to bust their asses to send him to Stanford. <laughs> you know? I I hit him with a spitball, and he's like, he's like, uh, you know, he's like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, yeah, man, it's one of the best universities in the world. I'm paying a lot of money for this. I guess I should pay attention. (laughs) I'm going to be graded on this. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, you know, so he's, he's, and he's making Joe, and he's, which is, okay, that's fine. Win the fight. All that stuff is forgiven if you win the fight. And and honestly, you know, we want we've done sympathy sympathy for the devil shows before with the Baldwin figure. But honestly, I got to tell you, honest to God, I'm going to have to say Sean Shelby, also known as Keith, and the Baldwin, they did not want that to happen. It having happened is okay because it minimizes the amount of whatever power this guy had. But you realize this guy now is in the hole. And he gave Uriah Hall some chances after a couple of inexplicable fights where Uriah Hall was just having that GSP problem, which is like, I just can't, I can't square myself with the idea. Or Nick Diaz had that problem. He goes, you think fighting is great? It's not great. It's not fun. You do it. You know, didn't like the idea of hurting somebody, of being hurt. Didn't like it. 
They don't want to participate. You know, but it, I mean, insofar as they had to be there, they expected exciting things. I mean, they, nobody saw that coming. And, and what started to irk me is like, okay, you know you're fighting a wrestler. You pre- and Brunson put his finger on it. He goes, he kept presenting the hips. He kept presenting the hips. He's going to present the hips. I got to take him down. Fine. Takes him down. Okay. Good BJJ guy doesn't care. They're taking me down. I couldn't figure out why he's using a body lock after you've been taken down. You know, he wasn't using it particularly to control Brunson's posture. He wasn't controlling his posture, so why stick with it? Why not get a butterfly guard? Why not put the legs and the thighs and kick your way out of that? Why, you know, did you, a thought ever, I mean, could it be that, could it be that five fights in less than 12 months is too much? It, that could very clearly be the case. That, there's a strong possibility of that being the case. But what, what, what are we left with? We're left with losers. Everybody. Nobody won that. It's not like we automatically think, yeah, Brunson did what he had to do. That's fine. It's not like we automatically feel like, man, like I said to Steph this morning, this morning, about 45 minutes ago, what I said to Steph is like, you know, you, hey, headline and fight, pay-per-view, Derek Brunson and anybody, do you care? She goes, no. But he's never been a pay-per-view guy. I go, well, he won't be now. As far as I'm concerned, he's still glorified Phantom Tollbooth. Got a pretty high number. That's a pretty high number. But he, he, the guys he's got to get through so that he can credibly start making this sign, you know, across his, he's not getting through those guys. And you got to understand, executive level gatekeeper, there's still two, two, two stratas of executive level gatekeeper. Two. And the ones who have a conceivable chance, I, got, I guarantee you, if Gustafson had embraced that role, he could have continued making pretty good bank for a pretty long time. Instead of doing his Achilles thing, sulking over by his tent, and then coming back and getting pasted and wasted and revealed as some guy whose head was no longer in the game. You could be the kind of gatekeeper who doesn't make bank, which just means you're fighting tough guys until you start losing or winning, like Dr. Andrew Weil says. I know that guy's kind of a crackpot, but I love his generalized philosophy, which is one, stay out of hospitals. And two, you either get better or you don't, which is what the Substack thing I wrote about uh, uh, my the doctor who almost murdered me last week, which I wrote about. But I like the fact that Brunson wouldn't wouldn't play. I'm not playing your game, bro. This is the office. This is this is my office. Don't be shooting me with spitballs. Don't do this, Eugene. As Robert, no, no, I'm not playing. I'm not playing. I'm not playing. You apparently, given your reduced age and inexperience. Don't realize I'm not going back to the factory, bro. I got I have until I'm like, how many years do I have to make enough so I don't have to work again? And if I don't play those cards right, if I don't get the whole right 401k thing going and make some clever investments happening, 
I'm going to be unemployed at 45 and not able to afford to be unemployed at, at 45. So yeah, Brunson's head was actually in the, in the, in the right spot. You know, it's like, bro, you're ruining me. You're ruining me out there. You, you are ruining me. Textbook definition, you know, uh, all bark, no bite. And all that Sakuraba stuff, that creating, the artistic creating in the moment, you know, what happens when you sit in front of that canvas and there's nothing? Nothing. Nothing in front of that canvas. So I'm a, I'm a, and keep in mind, this is coming from a Kevin Holland booster. He had what, five, six, six wins in a row? That's fine. Give him six months off. Sarau at the Sarau Academy would frequently say, would, would say with great frequency, you suck. Go home and think about your life. Not one of these touchy-feely uh, jujitsu schools where everybody's like, yeah, leave your ego at the door. No, hey, you bring it in here. And you suck. You horrible. Go home and think about your life. There's a great, there's a great uh, uh, SNL skit with Eddie Murphy playing Gumby. And some guy says, Andy Williams special. Some kid is on the, the Gumby Christmas special. Andy Williams show was a lot better. He was nicer, too. And uh, uh, Gumby, Eddie Murphy as Gumby, puts the kid outside. And the kid's face is pressed up against the window, and it's snow on his head. He goes, "Yeah, see if some ten degree below freezing. If that, if that makes you, I can't remember what he says. If that improves your outlook on life fundamentally, guy, guy, you need to sit out. At number ten, he needs to sit out. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, the thing is, yeah, like I said." Brunson technically won this fight, but there were no winners in this fight. Brunson didn't do anything that makes you want to see him again. And Holland has to do something that makes me want to see him again, other than just talk. You know, so now we find out how educable, how educable uh, 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 Holland is. Because some of these cats will go away. We're about to see that when the care don't care. We talked about the fight coming up this weekend. Again, I think I have two cares on the card. We're getting to that point now. If you, if you keep whiffing, if the, if the UFC keeps, keeps whiffing, what are we now? That? We, got, we got two fights next week, uh, two, two fights in the next couple of weeks, the ABC one and then the, you know, you could be down, bro. You could, you could, we could be talking like dire live support. That means that the fight, the fights that I want to see versus the fights that I trust you to deliver, and I, I guarantee you, this was nobody's fault but Kevin Holland's. Actually, the bald one and Sean Shelby, also known as Keith, might share some of the responsibility for running that guy out there. But if the guy seems okay, <clears throat> but sometimes you got to get ahead of them. <clears throat> you got to put the brakes on. For their own good. Because you, you don't want this to happen. That's why you do it. Because you do not want this to happen. And keep in mind, this event that they want to do in Florida, the height of jackassery, because it's not like, it's one thing if you're going to, if you're going to beat the drum of, uh, this COVID shit is not real. You know, it's just like the flu, but what's happened to Volkanovsky? You're losing a lot of fights. Clearly, you know it's real. 
You got Shamsadat who's like, you know, spitting up blood. Another guy who's like, I want to fight, I want to fight. You say, man, the usual cycle of fights, an aggressive cycle of fights would have you fighting three times a year. But that's not what they're doing with the shutdown. The guys got clearance. They're going to roll them out there again. How soon would you like to be back in the action? Those guys with microphones are marketing guys. They're not sports analysts. They're not sports analysts. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the thing is, you know, I mean, there, there were no winners. There were no winners. You know, I'm a grappling guy. I didn't learn anything. I don't have to learn something, but I was just, I was just dying, dying, dying. And I turned in on the Yanez fight, and some of you were texting me about some. There were a couple of knockouts that you wanted me to see. I haven't had a chance to do it. I'll do it after the show. But I want to talk about the two-step that got us this weekend. That as we look forward to next weekend when we got Tom, uh, Thomas Almeida and, and Sean O'Malley happening, we, we got a similar situation. Holland, O'Malley, I mean, you, you do understand, if you've been paying attention to these shows, you know, yeah, if you've if, if you been paying attention to these shows, you know what I've been saying over there? They've got to work to keep us. They have got to work to keep us. I finally saw somebody else kind of put that in print. I mean, there are a couple of stems that I'm following that when those stems are done, why would I stick around? If the Oofsie and the Baldwin don't know that, they really need to know fighter development is what they should all be about now because they've got a few years. As long as Johnny Boney Joni's in there, I'm in which means eight years and counting. As long as Israel Adansaya is in there, I'm in. There are a few, we went through the list the last couple of weeks, about eight to 10 fighters. Those are the ones who are keeping me in MMA. I don't need to see them fight all the time, but I need to know that the promise of them fighting is coming up. You know, there's a possibility, there's a possibility, anything, I mean, some of these cats, yeah, the Khabib loss is huge. It, it, it is pretty huge. But, you know, the problem with the Khabib loss is, and there's something people got, uh, Connor McAnal, McRapist, uh, he said this week, he goes, you know, I made Khabib. To a certain degree, he's kind of right. Call it like it is, bro. Call it like it is. I mean, that, that, the, the amount of wattage that was focused on that cat for the period of time that it was fo- focused on him necessarily was going to make somebody million dollars right even from the point of view uh, even from the even for, even from the point of view of of uh, of just what you can pay if you know the cat you're fighting is getting paid 5 mil and you got any brains in your head at all you're demanding at least half of that cuz what if i don't show up you get nothing fuck you guys pay me all you got to do to get in that space and that place is to what keep winning Keep winning, which Khabib did. And somebody else, I can't remember who was, said this is uh, GSP said, he goes, the, the Oofsie just wants him to stay around in, 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 until he loses. Yeah, because they want to get the last drop of blood out of the stone. 
you know, Khabib wears crazy. He goes, I could go back to Dagestan and live like a king forever and ever. Don't, don't, don't confuse yourselves. You know, my wife's from Poland and she's been in this country since uh, 2014, something like that. Does, doesn't feel super at home here. I've been in California since 1980 and I still don't feel cal like a Californian. I mean, we, I feel much more like a New Yorker. Okay, now it'd be hard to shake me off in New York, but I also realized in New York that, that, that I grew up, you know, my New York, it finally it took me until about 10, maybe 12, 15 years ago to realize it's gone. That shit's never coming back. I could, I could buy a house in Flatbush now. I could buy a house in Flatbush and move to Flatbush. And there's just, there's just shit that I used to, we used to put up with when I lived there that I'm not putting up with now. And it's, there's, there's no reason to. It's a non-functioning city. I'm glad I had it. Yeah, I know. I know what's New Yorker. It affects my worldview. But I, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, you can't go home again. Thomas Wolfe said it best. And I, I just stopped complaining about California because it's like the Boston Market guy. Man, Boston Market sucks. Every time I'm in Boston Market, it sucks. It sucks all the time. I'm in Boston Market every weekend. Don't want to be that guy. Don't want to be that guy. So, you know, this idea that Khabib needs anything in the U.S., bullshit. He was in San Jose. What does he need in Northern California? Nothing. There's nothing. Especially when you can live like a, like a prince in Dagestan on how much money he's made. I mean, you know, at, this, at a certain point, you're talking about wealthy guys. What? what you, you got questions? Let me, I got a question for you. Why does a bald one still do it? Well, we know, we know from Floyd Mayweather, how many hip hop records are you going to make? What else are you going to do? What else are you going to do? I could think of dozens of things. I'd like to pick up some instruments, pick up some other languages, you know, sitting right or standing right as the case may be, given my physical, read the Substack if you need to know what I'm talking about. So Sean O'Malley going into this next week's fight with Thomas Almeida, Sean, 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 yeah, yeah, addiction. Yeah. So Sean O'Malley is going up against Tom, Tom Sumner. And I'm not, you know, I'm thinking I made the comment, uh, I made the comment on the, uh, on the care, don't care. Uh, I, I could called Sean O'Malley. I called Sean O'Malley the, uh, uh, what do they call him? Italian soccer, uh, soccer player. I'm not entirely sure that that ankle thing was legit. But I don't want to relitigate that. I don't. I, I, I don't. I don't want to relitigate. I don't want to relitigate the, the the ankle thing. But I, I'm getting. You know, at one point that I think Steph made during the care don't care is that she said, and I think John second in this. She said she thinks that Holland realized after a certain point that he was that 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 he that he was one of those cats that fundamentally folds in the face of adversity where he realized which I don't I don't know necessarily that I agree with which he was like at the bottom of a hill realizing getting up the hill was going to be tough got to the fourth round and was just like ah fuck it ah fuck it ah fuck this you know fuck it whatever i'm going to give the people a show uh, and, and and it my sense with I, I'd like to say with Brunson I'd like to say that he had a sense that man we're dying out there. It's like being part of a comedy troupe and realizing that your jokes about 
fucking Nazis are not working. Nazis and kids with cancer. The jokes are not working. So it's weird when the legend precedes you instead of, you know, post seed you to make up a, a, a neologism. Like Sean O'Malley, he's got the hair, he's got the rock star, he's got the this, he's got the clothes, he's got the hipster, the, the this and the that. And he loses. Oh, my ankle. The guy looked at it and my ankle. So they went back and forth about whether, okay, so it was a care, but do you pick Almeida or do you pick O'Malley? And I said, based on based on Almeida's recent record, I have to think, yeah. Which podcast? Is this so is this is this mic not working? I mean, my kid was in here screaming until a few seconds ago because we got like one room in his house, but uh, let me know if, if this is if this, I'm I, I will I, I'm actually going to get serious about trying to find another client for this show. Oh, oh okay, oh, this is great. All right, good because this is uh, Georgie B's contribution here. Uh, but I still want to try to find a different client. The freezing in the middle is just I just is pointless. Oh yeah, you worked that ankle, but so but we started to get so they were back and forth. Steph and John were back and forth, and so this idea that look, I think the Oofsi likes this cat's brand. And and you know you don't call bullshit on that you you know many of you might be too young to I mean they, and they shit can the brand but tap out Charles Mask Lewis died speeding in his fucking Ferrari they sold a lot of those tap out T-shirts a lot of cats were sporting tap out tattoos they sold a lot of those having a brand you know there's a certain point if I mean Joker was actually I think signing the Uzi for a bit where he probably didn't need to fight. So Almeida is there picked to is 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 picked. To, okay, but it doesn't help the brain spiral. It didn't it doesn't it doesn't help the brain spiral. Because O'Malley knows where O'Malley's gonna be if he loses his fight as well. You know. Yeah, there you go. I mean, O'Malley, but, you know, is he going to lose his head? Is he going to keep his head? I had to pick O'Malley to win. I think one in four is a pretty clear indication that your bosses want you to win. Eve the jungle wants you to win. They want some more of the sugar show. Fundamentally, he's like the MMA's MMA Elvis. <laughs> right? So what's the difference now? What's the difference between Sean O'Malley and Mike Platinum Perry? You would never call Mike Platinum Perry the MMA Elvis. <laughs> you know, like, like the, the, the kind of mimicry, you, you know, African-American urban thing that Mike Perry is picking up from growing up in the streets or wherever the fuck he grew up plays more poorly with him than it does on, on Sugar. All right. Ooh. But I got I had to pick sugar, but it's still a compelling line because if the guy's head is done and he loses this fight, he's done. The brand toilet. Him toilet. The act, the fur coats, the hair toilet. You give Kevin Holland some time out, let him get hungry again, 6 months 
Six months is plenty of time to work. If you're working with plenty of NCAA wrestlers, you could just go over to the local university. Say, you want to have, you know, I'm afraid they'd be glad, wrestlers would be glad to have you. Local high school. You know. Yeah, so, uh, so you know, and, and keep in mind, this is this is a this is a macro consideration because if you if you figure nine fights, you know we're nine fights nine. Like a, my buddy used to say, everybody's three three bad relationships, and I mentioned this on Care Don't Care. Three bad relationships away from homosexuality. Of course, that's not how homosexuality works, but that's you know this is our nineteen. Where how old was I? We're nineteen eighty one. This was the wit and wisdom of a of a of a twenty year old in nineteen eighty one. He was a little older than me. He's like, man, I got a theory. I go, what's your theory? He goes, everybody's three bad relationships away from homosexuality. I go, where are you on the scale? <laughs> you know. So, um, so I have to say, I, I have to say that you know, nine fights in, I'm not. You know, the first time. I got bad drugs. Uh, uh, I got really sick. The second time I got bad drugs that I got from the bald one, I, I got really sick. The fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth time I got bought drugs from the bald one, I, I got I got really really sick. Now the ninth time, no, no, bro, nine has given you a lot of space. We realize this is not a lot your fault. This is you, Sean Shelby, also known as Keith. It's not your responsibility all the time. You can't. I've been in a, AKA when you know when they knew a journalist was there, and Javier, who I've known for a long time, couldn't stop shit from spinning off the rails. He didn't ask me not to write about it. I kind of, I kind of, it was with a, a Josh Koscheck. I kind of, you know, soft sold it, and it, it didn't matter because Koscheck's mouth. He goes. If that building was on fire and Javier didn't get out, I'd be completely happy. So Koscik signed his own his own ticket publicly. I didn't I didn't have to. The stuff that came up in that private meeting where I happened to be privy to was soon public. So I didn't feel like such a cheese eater for not doing a journalistic thing and writing about it. But you know, you can't something, you can't clearly, clearly. You can't keep running these guys. You can't keep John Henrying these guys. You can't do it. Six fights in one year, it's enough. The guy had a nice record at five, still had the mouth. But, I mean, the question remains, would he have addressed the deficiencies without those deficiencies having been exposed? And I'm not entirely clear the deficiencies have to do with lack of wrestling acumen. Not, not what the quiet voice was saying when, talking about, when it was talking about the head. The loud voice, what's well, my style in the better grandstand, bro? We can grandstand. We love grandstanders because grandstanders are fundamentally winners. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, MVP is, you know, he's like, you know what MVP is like? It's like, um, I was thinking about that the other day because I was thinking about Jello Biafra, right? Who's the singer for the Dead Kennedys. Uh, it was a known associate of mine. I don't go down that road and call him a friend, but he's one of the first cats I met when I got to California. And he put my old hardcore band Whipping Boy on the Not So Quiet in the Western Front compilation. He had me sing on Bedtime for Democracy. So we're known associates. 
interviewed him in one of the early Birth of Tragedy magazines, put him on the on this, which is available from Black House Records. See, is his name there? Yeah, it's the first name. But I, I thought about him the other day and I was like, California Uber Alice is a good song. Would I want to be 62 singing it? At this point, because of the big fight with the Dead Kennedys, with the rest of the band, he's not even performing. Evolution. 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 You know? Let me tell you. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. When people talk about Eugene, you know, you, you should know enough by now not to step on your own dick. Yeah, I do. But there's something that always sticks, that always sticks inside my head. And you need to remember this. Because what might look like me stepping on my dick could be something completely different. And that is, you must resist the temptation when you're standing behind a microphone and the spotlight turns on you to give the people what you want. No, sorry, to give the people what they want. What you need to focus on is giving the people what you want. So is Kevin Holland trapped by Kevin Holland? I don't know. Is Michael Venom Page trapped by Michael Venom Page? I suspect. Sean O'Malley, is Sean O'Malley trapped by Sean O'Malley? I don't know. You know how you do know? When those guys are still up to those jackanapes and they're losing. And those jackanapes are not helping them win. <laughs> yeah, that's what Anton LaVey told me once. You know, best part about, about, about temptation is surrendering to it or something to that effect. I don't remember exactly. So these storylines are compelling but they cover the bottom quadrant of human behaviors. Like I can read, I can read fucking Dostoevsky or Master Marguerite and, and, and have these same thoughts. I don't need to be posted up for six fucking hours on Saturday watching the UFC. You know, get your, sh- get your shit straight. I don't, I, I don't know what to tell you. Don't run these. I mean, you know, I could drive my car everywhere I go. My, 65 Chevy with 560 horsepower, I could drive everywhere I go 150 miles an hour. Or like Bob Dylan said, I could sing better than Caruso if I wanted to. I just don't want to. Running these guys out there six times a year. But the question remains, would we have discovered Holland's deficiencies without them being uncovered? I guess the only the only person I feel sorry for in this whole engagement is Brunson. I wish he had figured out a better, better way to uncover it that somehow made him an exciting fighter so that he could have benefited from this. <laughs> hey, you take a lot of acid in the 60s? Yeah, in the 70s, 80s, 90s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I tell you my my favorite LSD story of all time. Uh, uh, this friend of mine, 
had gone over to purchase some uh, some liquid LSD had showed up from Germany, and, uh, and the guy says, "Well, you know, I'll charge you five dollars a hit." And then my friend gave him fifteen dollars, and the guy goes, "Go open your mouth," and he goes, "A one, uh, two, and then he had a hanger on the third one. It just kind of hung there, and he's like, squeezed, and it was like three, four, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and everybody froze." And then the guy who was selling it goes like, um, well, uh, I, I won't charge you for those others. <laughs> you won't charge him for the others. Dude was up, man. He was up for like three days straight. <laughs> yeah, having all kinds of giant thoughts. Giant thoughts in his head. Big, giant, giant, giant thoughts. <laughs> Yeah, that's my that's probably my favorite LSD story of all time. My my favorite uh ketamine story has to do with uh uh passing out in front of a Beavis and Butthead Maranathon because you had read somewhere online that nobody had OD'd from ketamine. So you think I guess I could take four cc's of it. <laughs> four cc's of it. Passed out in front of a Beavis and Butthead Maranathon. Couldn't even call for your roommate to turn it off. So it was six to seven hours of, <laughs> and you could open your eyes and you could close your eyes, and that was it. <laughs> Worst K hole ever. But I'm off topic. <laughs> My friend's stories are not what this show is about. <laughs> not what this show is about. So, you know, it, 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 a couple of things. Sean Shelby and Keith. Uh, Sean Shelby, also known as Keith, and the bald one, can never coast. That's why it can, kind of confuses me that they want to keep doing this job. It's not like they can relax if they've been paying attention. But again, you know, how educable is 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 a Holland? He know if he's smart, he'll go and fix spackle up these holes fast. He wouldn't want to come back within six months. He's got nothing to say. He's got to do that, like I said, on the care, don't care. He's got to do that Clint Eastwood thing. You know, get your ass kicked, go off into the woods, rehab, come back with the metal plate on your chest. Aim for the heart, Ramon. Aim for the heart. And you got to improve. Because, see, what the ideal situation for the Uzi is they got your brand, but your brand is diminished. So they can run your brand and make the, the, the growth delta off of what they make stays, but you don't get paid a nickel fucking more. And that's money. Anyway, 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 uh, that's the end of the show. One, and I got my both, both hands free. So this is 157, version 157 of the Eugene Robinson Show Stomper. You really need to read, I'm always talking about how you don't want to die between this show and next show. And I almost died last week. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to belabor the point. You can re go to, you got eyes. If you're watching the show, you got eyes. Go to the Substack. You can subscribe for free. Or if you don't like subscriptions, you subscribe, read it. I think you don't even have to subscribe to read it. So how about that? Um, I'll read you. I'll read you what a doctor friend of mine wrote. And then we'll we'll call we'll call it a day. And uh, he, he's uh, um, 
yeah, Chandler for the belt. Don't even get me started, you know. Um, but he says, uh, holy shit, Eugene, I just read your, your newsletter post. That sounds fucking harrowing. I think I might have broken off one of my teeth from gritting them so hard. This is from a surgeon. How are they going to get you past this? Are you going to have a surgical repair of your anus? I told you to read it. Are they going to be diverting colostomy? They're going to give me a fucking colostomy bag while you heal with later re-anastomosis? Have any physicians tried to figure out why your colonic motility is so poor, aside from your overall implacable stubbornness? I'm sorry you had such an awful experience in the ER. I always groan when people talk about the U.S. having the best medical care in the world because the worst of our deficiencies is exhibited for all to see in emergency rooms. Apparently, being an ER physician inexorably robs you of your empathy and ultimately your humanity. Some people hold out longer than others, but the sad truth is if you enter an emergency department with anything that is not one of the 10 basic problems, you start down a path where you will run head on into the empathy gap. Uh, and so he, go, he goes on and on. Let me tell you, let me tell you. I hope to God we'll see you next Sunday. We'll have the O'Malley fight to talk about. We have Tuesday night, Kid Nate making an appearance on yeah, If the Shoes Fit. Uh, also, we're going to do Hip Hop Evolution. So if you pay the extra dollar, you get to see us talk about yeah, little, what? Hey! little Wayne, a uh, little John, sorry. And uh, that's Tuesday night. Monday at noon, Care Don't Care goes. Tuesday uh, is, uh, is uh, If the Shoes Fit, plus the Hip Hop Evolution, if you pay the extra dollar as part of the Let It Roll podcast. This week also, I have uh, on the Aussie newsletter beat, I've got Sports That Can Kill You, I think coming out uh, maybe Friday. Um, and, uh, and that's it. No, nah, man, I, I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, I don't. And he even his examining the, the motility and talking about a colostomy bag. What, look, all this stems back to my appendicitis. That was like 1990. And it's like, you know, healthcare is pretty good in Poland, man. Marie Curie was uh, Polish. People think she's French. She was Polish. Anyway, I got to go. I got to go. I've been sitting for an hour for you guys. So, uh, <laughs> segue in perfectly to what? Look what you made me do! Hey, don't die. Don't die, Blondie.